Hello there, and thanks for listening in to our Die of Matthew study. Die of Matthew is the dive study that began it all. Throughout February of 2019, lives were changed and the scriptures came alive to a group of about 50 people as they dove into the book of Matthew, all 28 chapters in 28 days. It moved at a fast clip, but even with that rigorous pace, it became clear that it was worth pursuing an ongoing ministry based on these studies. This is how Dive Collective began. Our new dive studies will be formatted differently, but the process of inductive study remains the same. So as you listen through the book of Matthew, know that we are waiting to welcome you into our current live dive studies where we engage with our Bible study members and dive in at a manageable pace for study. You can find everything you need to know at divecollective.org under our studies tab. Enjoy your time in Dive Matthew, and we hope you'll join us in real time soon. So welcome to Dive Matthew, where we're going to be doing 28 chapters of Matthew in 28 days. For the first study, you're going to want to download our dive guide at www.divecollective.org in our shop under free downloads. Dive studies are our version of inductive Bible study. This particular study of Matthew was the first one we did back in 2019. I hosted that dive guide in a different format on a different website at the time, but now if you want to join in and see how to do a dive study before committing to join us live, you'll want to go ahead and go to divecollective.org to download and get started. We're going to go ahead and read through the 25th chapter of Matthew. If you'd like to skip ahead because you've already read the chapter, you can go ahead and do that now. You'll want to join back in in approximately six minutes. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them are foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take oil with them, but the wise ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. When the groom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout, Here's the groom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. The wise ones answered, No, there won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. When they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the rest of the virgins also came and said, Master, Master, open up for us. He replied, Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, be alert, because you don't know either the day or the hour. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately, the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You are a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. 
His master replied to him, You evil, lazy servant, if you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't take me in. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me, sick and in prison, and you didn't take care of me. Then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? Then he will answer them, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So for this chapter, I really focused on the two parables. I didn't really spend a lot of time on the last part, which I think is funny because that's really where, that's the convicting part. (laughs) Those are the really specific instructions for what we should be doing while we're waiting for him to come back. So to give a little bit of context, we should remember that this last chapter, chapter 24, was about the end times to expect that he's coming. And at the very end of it, the main point that he's making is don't get complacent, stay alert and remain working. And so that message to remain working while we're waiting for him to return, that's really what's translating here in these next couple parables. That's Mm -hmm. what he's talking about. So we're going to be jumping in to the parable of the young virgins. I've always wrestled with this in the past because it never really sat well with me it didn't seem like it was consistent with God's character that or not necessarily with God's character but with the character of the church that we see it's supposed to be Mm. throughout you know the New Testament Uh the sharing and the there's always enough there's never a shortage and um, we can always there's always more to give Mm -hmm. in God's kingdom that's how that works so this parable has always troubled me because this this idea at the end the wise people aren't supposed to share what they have Mm -hmm. and the fools don't have enough. So anyway, so it helped me then this process is actually what helped me to kind of unlock it and be like, Oh, this makes, this is completely consistent with God's character and the way the church works. So we're going to dig into that. I'm going to try to walk you through how I got where I got with that. One of the observations was, okay, so there's five foolish virgins. There's five wise virgins. The five foolish ones took lamps, but not oil. The five wise virgins took oil and their lamps. Mm -hmm. They all fell asleep when the groom was delayed. 
which is an interesting observation considering the last chapter ends right, with don't fall stay asleep. Awake and, yeah, yeah, stay awake. Then the groom comes in the middle of the night and with an invitation to all of them. He invites all 10 of them. The virgins that get to go were the ones that brought their lamps and their oil. And when they trimmed their lamps, they had oil to replenish the flame, basically. That's what a lamp's oil does. And then the groom came and the wise who were ready went in and the foolish who were shut out had, were the ones that didn't come prepared. And the groom says, I don't know you. That's the answer to the ones that aren't prepared, which, I, which fits later as I do my interpretations. And then again, Jesus' message there is be alert. That's what he says to the disciples. Interpretation-wise, again, this is where I do my equal signs. This equals mm-hmm. this, this equals this, this equals this. And this is what helped me to break it down. So when I looked at the lamps and I, I thought, okay, those represent the light. And the light, when we talk about the light, that's our ability to glorify God. That's our, that's God shining through mm-hmm. us. That's what light represents when we're talking about God's people. Then the oil represents the fuel for that light. So then I had to think through, like, what is what is the fuel that helps us to glorify God? So that's the question I have in the back of my mind as I think about the characteristics of fuel and light. And so one of the things is that you have to use, you have to keep replenishing fuel. It's not something that, whatever the fuel was, it wasn't something that could be given freely and there would be enough left when you were done. It's finite. It's finite and it you only get to use as much as you have. I can't give my fuel to somebody else and there still be enough fuel mm-hmm. left for me. And so what is that? Like, what is that thing that's finite? And yet we have to replenish as people in the kingdom of God. Well, then that automatically brings me to the word. What well, we talked about in the introduction episode about manna and that we have to go out and we have to collect our manna for the day. Nobody else can collect that manna for us. Mm-hmm. We have to go get our own daily bread and however much we collect will be enough for us, but mm-hmm. it's not going to, like my manna isn't going to feed anybody else. The, what I do to collect mine is not going to be, doesn't transfer. Mm-hmm. And so when you have these five versions, five of which have been preparing, have been collecting their manna and been responsible with that, what they've been given to know their father or to collect their daily bread. And then you have these five that don't, it's not. I can't give what I know of the Lord to somebody else. I can only encourage other people to go get theirs too. Right. right? And so that's, that's where it was like, oh, well, this all, this makes perfect sense. This is what I'm to do now while I'm awake and while I'm waiting, I'm supposed to be encouraging everybody around me. And this, when, in fact, even at the, in the last chapter in 24, I think it says that we're supposed to feed one another. What's the, can you go back to 24 and at the very end, it talks about when we're staying awake, we're supposed to be feeding the other servants. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give them food at the proper time. Right. There is an element of, yeah. So that's, that actually, again, I'm kind of going back to, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this thing that we're doing while we're waiting, we're supposed to be gathering our daily bread. But also it looks, it's interesting in that last passage where it talks about the faithful servants are going mm-hmm. to be giving food mm-hmm. at the proper time. And so that idea that even what we should be doing while we're waiting is to be encouraging everybody mm-hmm. around us to also be gathering their daily bread and yeah. eating what they're supposed to be eating so that they can know the father when that time comes and they can be prepared. At any rate, all of that to say, that's how I got to a place with this passage that I was like, okay, there is, there is just some things that we can't, that there is not, it's my daily bread, my relationship with Jesus. That's all, like, that yeah. is what 
he's going to know me and I'm going to know him. Mm -hmm. And it's all going to be about whether you know him at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, whether you've done the gathering that it takes to know him at the end of the day. I'm a little bit more encouraged by that passage than I have been in the past. That's always been kind of disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about that relationship. So the two applications that I would get from this is one, it's super important that while I'm waiting, I'm gathering my daily bread. Mm -hmm. I'm continuing to get to know him. I'm not getting complacent in that, that I'm always making sure that I have fuel for the fire so that you're still ready. Yes. And then the second thing is, is I really love is making that connection that goes back and Mm -hmm. back and back and back that while I'm waiting, it's also super important that I'm encouraging other people Mm -hmm. to be awaiting, waiting and ready and alert. Yeah. To know the Father and to make sure that they know him when he's ready. I love that this is not just, like, this isn't all we have. Like, you just said that we can go back. And knowing what came before it and what Jesus has already taught gives so much more meaning to that section. Yeah. I do. I love that, too. And I I love that, like, when we come to that apocalypse passage (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, the end times passage that I love that every time you come to scripture, when you're, when something in your spirit goes, that's not right. That doesn't, something about this feels icky. Mm -hmm. Then we can know that there's something more. There's got to be something more because if we know his character, then when something makes us go, ooh, (laughs) we just, we just dig a little bit more. We dig a little bit more. And the the truth is, is that there are things about the lost that when you read it, you go, yeah. But you or me or whoever as a saved person who knows the gospel and believes the good news. We should never look at mm-hmm. the word and go, uh-oh, like mm-hmm. the comfort is all in yes. the gospel, that it's all been covered, that we truly are bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. And even the hope that, like when we do think about the lost and it's it's not pretty to think about, there still is that hope that this good news is for anyone. It's available mm-hmm. to anyone. So those people that we know and love, it's not the end. Like there still yeah. is hope because they, they can know and understand it too. And then even further than that, the truth is, is that the more I know that for me, the more I'm in the word, the more I know Jesus, Mm -hmm. the lighter I become and the more people around me want to know. I feel like there's so many more hungry people around me when I am daily feeding Mm -hmm. myself and there are people that are ready to hear more, the more that I'm daily feeding myself and that not that, that I'm. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's truth all across the board in that. Mm-hmm. So like those lost people in our lives that we really love and who really love us, they become more, they become softer and more open mm-hmm. to hearing the truth mm-hmm. when I know it. Yeah. When I really know it. Okay. The parable of the talents. I love this one so much. This one is another one that I remember the day that this one, that my eyes just became wide open to what was happening here. And even still, every time I come back to it, there's more that I get from it. So transitioning from that last one where we were talking about those that know the gospel, when you really, really know the gospel, there's only comfort in Mm -hmm. the truth. This is what we're talking about here. When the man goes on a journey and he entrusted his possessions to his servants, he called the servants that he called to himself. We have to kind of start here with the idea that it's easy to forget that when we become servants of God, when we become saved, we always hear the phrase that we've been bought with a price, Mm -hmm. but like, that's, that's what we become. We literally become servants of God where he owns, like he owns us Mm -hmm. and he owns everything that belongs to us. Mm -hmm. This is where we come to these talents. As you read this passage, if you were to read it again, what you find out is these talents were never given to the servants. Yes. 
everything that was given to them is yeah. on is still his mm-hmm. right it says he entrusted his possessions to them yes yeah and because they're his right right in that whole you could so easily forget that you belong to somebody that mm-hmm. we now are and we're so i'm far removed from any like slave history mm-hmm. or that it doesn't even register to me what that means that everything that i do and everything that i own belongs to my father mm-hmm we're sons in some capacity and servants and others mm-hmm. and oh my word here we go yeah okay. i was just thinking when you were saying about all the different directions our relationship with god goes we're this and this but this which goes this. back to the storyteller that yes. god is that yeah like, just it's all completely woven together and yes that and we can be both servants and yes. sons because he writes the story and right. the way he writes the story means that it all applies it's some it sounds contradictory but then when you know it it's so beautiful yeah per- yeah Yes. Okay, so the man goes on a journey. He entrusts his possessions to his servants. To one, he gives five talents, which is a lot of money. To another, he gives two talents, which is also a lot of money. And to another, he gives one talent, which is 20 years' wages. The amount depends on their ability, it says. None of it was theirs. After a long time, the master comes back to settle accounts. So this is the idea that that just that reminder that those talents were never theirs. He comes back to settle Mm -hmm. accounts because each of them hold his money and he wants to find out what they've done with it the first two doubled their money nope the first two doubled his money mm-hmm. he says sharing your master's joy man with one talent buried his and responds i know you you're a harsh man i hid what you gave me and i'm giving it back master master calls him evil lazy and then he says if you knew me or i think he says if you knew dot 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 i just sort of lumped those first three servants who multiplied their money into one group and then i separated the one who buried his talent and i kind of focused on him for a little bit and what was it about him this is the one this is the time that it was read in a sermon and i went oh this is what this is about this is about knowing the father again like i mean how many times have we said this in the last 24 chapters it's about knowing your mm-hmm. father. Everything is about having a relationship and knowing your father. And so this guy who was lazy, and I love that basically Jesus calls him out on exactly what he is. He says, you're, you're lazy and you're evil mm-hmm. because you, if you knew me, right. I, that's what I love. You would know that none of the, what you just said is true. Yep. Like I'm not, I'm not fearful and I'm not scary. Mm-hmm. And these other ones who did know me, they knew that no matter what they did, they were going to succeed because it was mine and they and I don't do anything except succeed that mm-hmm. is what I do and so it it was like this eye opening moment as i read the scripture and i thought oh my word i can just go do whatever it is that he calls me to do with what he's given me and it will succeed because it's because his he's in it. and yeah. he's called and he's called me to to do stuff with it. And he doesn't exactly tell me exactly what to do with it always. He just, he's given me these talents and Mm -hmm. these gifts and these abilities that are his, that by their very nature, because they're his, multiply. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you cannot lose. If you know the father and you know the one that's given you the gifts, just go, just go Mm -hmm. and have a blast. And when you're done, they will be multiplied. Whether it's once, twice, or five Mm -hmm. times, that's all dependent on him. Yeah. This whole parable it made me so motivated to just go play, mm-hmm. go play with what he had given me and just see what happened mm-hmm. when it's all over. And I, 
it's exciting. It mm-hmm. makes it's like, oh my gosh, this is this is quite the ride that he's put us on. Like it's just a roller coaster of freedom. Yeah. Just a ride of freedom to go and be and do what he has created me to go and be and do mm-hmm. and what he has given me to do. And then this is what I got out of it the last time that I loved. Oh, it, this thing where he says, if you can find it, I don't know what verse it is. He says, share in your master's mm-hmm. joy. He says it to both of the servants who he says, well done. That's the end of his okay, congratulations yes, to them, okay. basically. Yeah. Um, you did the right thing. Now share in your master's joy. Right. Okay. So that's what I love about that particular ending to each of those faithful servants is that the talents that are his for them to do what they're supposed to do and the fact that they belong to him and they're his servants. So this idea of slavery in this earth sounds oppressive and poverty. Like mm-hmm. it feels like it seems like a, po- a an idea of poverty. But what you see here in God's kingdom, which is always the opposite of the earthly kingdom, is that at the end of the day, it then he says, share Share in your master's joy. Like everything that I have is yours. Yeah. They're part of the process. Everything that you have is mine. But at the end of the day, it's all ours. Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing all of this so that you can share all of the goodness and all of the wonder and all of the enjoyment with Mm me. And our God is so good. Mm -hmm. He's so, so good. So anyway, to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have more than enough. Mm -hmm. That idea that um, you can go back to the fishes and loaves. Every time you go back to the fishes and loaves, the first time it's 12 left over. Right, it wasn't just enough to, it was. Right, and then the second time there were seven left over. And I'm sure there's probably even more significance than just the fact that 12 is just that perfect number and seven is that perfect Mm -hmm. number that God uses again and again to show it's complete. And Mm -hmm. it's. To be complete with God is to be more than enough. Mm -hmm. Everything is more than enough with him. There is no shortage when it comes to God's kingdom. So I think the applications are pretty obvious here. Everything that we have is something that's been entrusted to us. Not one iota that is ours, but everything that we invest for our master will be multiplied and we will never be short the resources that we need to do good things. Mm. If we know our master, then we take his resources and invest them and we cannot fail because we know our master and he multiplies them and in the end when we settle accounts and none of those resources are ours we will share in the master's joy as we observe all that he's accomplished with those resources we were faithful to use Mm. and then in bold at the end i have none of it is ours Mm. i've always thought of a talent as not very much money Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a passage a few chapters ago yes. where that I was like, "Whoa! I hadn't, I didn't know it was twenty years worth of work." I, so yeah. thinking about thinking about this parable with that in mind, I guess I've always thought of it as like this great master decides to give, give them a couple a of his little lowly servants, like, "Yeah, here's a quarter. Go, yes. go do something with it." But he like that is, is such a good point. So significant what he entrusted them with. Such a good point. But all of them, even just the one that he gave one talent to, that is not a, a small thing. That is so significant. And so I guess thinking about that in relation to what God entrusts yes. us with. Like even those things, I guess, so I am a stay-at-home mom. I spend, my kids are a little bit older now, but I have spent 
the last 13 years taking care of little people and keeping them. Mm-hmm. And so when you get stuck in those like mundane kind of things. You can forget. Yeah. Like it's like you, you forget how anything that God gives us to do has value, I mm-hmm. think. And so this just makes me think like I've always thought of this as a, as a small responsibility that he gave them. But mm-hmm. it, and, and it kind of does seem that way to the master. He says, you were faithful over a few things. Like, oh, great job. Like right. to him, it doesn't, it, he had so much. And so maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't, even when he responds to them, he, they did what he wanted them to do. But even it seems like in his mind, I, I gave you a, th- a few things. Mm-hmm. And so what might seem insignificant is not insignificant. Mm-hmm. What God entrusts us to do always has value when we do it. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that like the way that you're thinking or translating the things that we've been entrusted with differs a little bit in my mind than the way that I've pictured it. And I don't think it's significant. I don't think it's significant in meaning at all. When I think about the talents or the coins, like I think about are the resources that we have available to us to do the things that we're mm-hmm. responsible to do. So like raising four kids, that's what we're responsible to do. That's what we are. That's the responsibility that we're given to do. Mm-hmm. But the talent, the resources that he gives us to do those things, I have always thought about it as those resources. So like you're, the gift that you have for hospitality and the gift that you have for um, cooking, like you have all of these amazing gifts that to you just look like, a resource mm-hmm. but me like I watch you live out your life and you don't just raise four kids with that <laughs> like you you know what I mean like yeah. you raise up a community of people and those and like all of that multiplies and then those resources that they have then multiply as they go yeah. out and serve you know other people but it's that idea that like he gives us when you say that to even be given one talent, it's right. Like I never even think about that. Like the, what we, what he gives us as far as resources goes mm-hmm. are incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's an incomprehensible amount of resources that he gives us to go mm-hmm. do the things that he calls us to do. And there's no shortage, not a small thing. Those, not a small it's thing. not a, it's not a little token. Right. Like you kind of picture it. Being, right. Right. It's, yeah. It's not a little token. And I guess like, seeing the talents the way that I see them too as like the Responsibility. responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I know when we look at what people do for God mm-hmm. or the roles that people yeah. play, it's very easy to think, well, theirs is way more valuable or mm. they've been entrusted with a lot more than I've been entrusted with or, yes. you know, that kind of perspective, yeah. which there is maybe some truth to that. Like right. this man gave each servant different amounts based on their ability and yet every single amount was significant right but okay so this is another really great thing that I took from this is that he specifically says he gives it to them according to their ability right so everybody probably starts out with one talent yeah and then before you know it if you're faithful with that one Mm -hmm. talent then you've got two then you've got Mm -hmm. four then you've got eight then you've got 16 like you're multiplying those talents so if you start out with one be faithful with that Mm -hmm. one and if you're faithful with that one, then you find that you're outside, you know, then you're out. And now I'm going, you know, with Peter, you're being called out into like these crazy waters yeah. that you never expected that yeah. you could ever endure. And you couldn't have endured them because God only gives you 
the amount that you're capable mm-hmm. of being entrusted with, he doesn't take you, um, he doesn't take you necessarily the short way because he knows whether yeah. you can handle the short way or not. Sometimes he takes you the long way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that other, that's a great, that's another key component is that, yes, we can look at somebody else and compare what they've been given to us. But when you're faithful with that one, if you mm-hmm. want more, yes. be faithful and yeah. you will get more. That's right. Because probably these servants, this is totally an assumption. It doesn't say this in there anyway. But the the one who he gave five, he'd probably been around a long time. The master yes. knew that servant. He'd already entrusted him with things before. The yes. one that he gave one might have been a newbie, you know? Right. Yes. And so, like you and said. And it's it, interesting that, he, and when he took away the one talent from the one, he gave it to the one that had 10. He didn't right, give it to the one who had one or two. He was just like, here, you, yeah, I know, you go take you care of this. this. And the yeah. reason that the one who had one didn't do well is because he didn't know his master. Yes. He maybe needed time to get to know his master in order to be entrusted with more. Yes. Wow, that's a whole nother dig into that. Like that really could be, that's a big thought. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dive Matthew. If you enjoyed our version of Inductive Bible Study and want to join our community of people all working on the same book of the Bible together, come check us out at divecollective.org and sign up for one of our current live dive studies. We believe you'll find a welcoming community, one where you'll be challenged, inspired, and uplifted. Come and see. Come and see.